season's greetings. It's Steve. And this is Andy. And this is Steve and Andy Meet Adventure Comics number 113, February 1947. Are you sure this is season's greetings or season's beatings? Oh my god. Merry Christmas, by the way. I know it's August. Yeah, a little know, early. Well, yeah, cr- Christmas in August, I guess. But this is a Christmas issue of Adventure Comics. It is. And we're Steve and Andy coming at you from Mankato, Minnesota, and Austin, Texas, reviewing the 1940s Adventure Comics. Correct. Every other week. Sometimes every, every third week, but yeah, more or less you, every other week, yeah. Yeah, you had something happening last week, so. It's always happening. Well, this podcast is happening. It is. It is a happening. <laughs> every podcast. every every episode. <laughs> All right, we're yeah, we're really kind of moving along in the venture mm-hmm. comics. We've come to February 1947. Clearly this came out in December though. Correct. Yes. They uh, why do they get ahead like that? Do you know why? I Magazines don't know. do Magazine, that too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Is I that, really don't. Yeah, I've always wondered cuz you'd get the next month's magazine. You yeah. know. And, and, yeah, and cars do that too, right? You you can buy, I'm sure, the 2016 oh, yeah, yeah. model meant, cars already. Right. I thought you meant the rock band. The car yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Adventure Comics, February 1947. The cover features Santa Claus looking kind of sad, I'd say. An eventful looking Superboy. Yeah, Superboy's carrying Santa Claus. Children are, are uh, just down below. Superboy's flying around with Santa. Uh, Between Santa's face and Superboy's face, it looks like Superboy's just going to slam him to the ground. It does. That's season's beatings from Superboy, it says on the yeah. cover. Yeah, so, you know, that this cover actually it happens, yeah. So, and In a I, way, yeah, it does. I, I have to say, I, this issue overall, one of my favorites that we've done. Mm-hmm, yeah. So let's let's get right into it. The Superboy story, the 33rd Christmas. Yes. We uh the splash page we see <laughs> Santa Claus sitting in a room all by himself kind of looking looks really sad looking sad but S- Superboy's coming in a giant christmas tree uh big present uh you know now, now you notice on uh, Santa's floor there's another christmas tree like knocked over <laughs> I didn't notice that I see that now though I wonder what happened do you think he's drunk I I would not surprise me Having or do you to think deal... he's killed like a? Or do you think he killed like a hooker <laughs> on like December twenty third? He's like, what have I done? Yeah, Christmas is a time of rejoicing, and we know of none more joyous than a certain shy old fellow who hid behind a Santa Claus mask for thirty two years. <laughs> Nonstop. That doesn't sound so joyous. No, for, for thirty two years to gladden thousands who never guessed his true identity. I, I'm surprised that no one figured it out. It's mm-hmm. pretty obvious who yeah. this Santa was. Uh, this is the heartwarming story of how, at last, when undeserved misfortune spoils his gallant masquerade, <laughs> Superboy finds a way of performing gay miracles. Yep. To he meet... did perform one off-panel. <laughs> the gay miracle. <laughs> to meet the surprise challenge of the 33rd Christmas. Um this story is kind of heartwarming, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm surprised Superboy didn't ruin a life. That yeah, we know I'm surprised of. he didn't, yeah, like, beat the the masquerading Santa's wife to death in front of him. <laughs> that, that was, again, off-panel. Not-so-gay miracle. 
Uh, we opened Christmas Eve <coughs> last year, so this is a flashback. Right. Um, the school's janitor is letting the kids in. There's a f- Christmas festival. We see Clark. It is turtleneck, turtleneck, and weirdly short arm waving <laughs> to the janitor. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Nick. It's our mysterious. Is our mysterious Santa Claus going to show up? Uh, Nick, the janitor, he's got a kind of a wry smile. Says if he doesn't, it will be the first time in 32 years. Now, did you think Clark and his friends were have been in school for 32 years at this point? <laughs> that's what that's what I thought. But this Santa, this you know, this Santa Claus has been showing up at this Christmas party for this elementary school. In the gym, Santa comes down uh, a little are later. Element, are they in elementary school? I, I mean, don't know. They're driving last cars. Issue, last issue, they were driving. Yeah. I think they did say elementary school, but maybe it's middle high school. I, I have no idea. It's very ambiguous age of Superboy. Um, so we see later Santa Claus come down. He has all these presents. All the kids are really excited. One kid says he must be some eccentric old millionaire who really likes kids. It's Bruce Wayne's dad. Oh, my God. Um it could be continuity. It might, it might yeah. fit. Uh, there are gifts. All the kids have these awesome gifts. And Santa just leaves. They see if next Christmas. And one of the boys says, "Let's tells Clark Kent, let's follow him." But Clark says, "No, he let's respect his privacy." Uh, it's it, surprising because Clark doesn't respect anybody. Yeah, but but he kind of says anyway. Kids have tried before and it hasn't worked. That's a oh, real reason. He's it. like, <laughs> uh, later outside we see the mysterious Santa Claus. He. he this guy pulls up. He gives him a gift. Uh, this guy named Tony. Here's a little Christmas present. Tony says, you want me to drop you off the same place last year? He drops him off in this shabby neighborhood. And Tony thinks Santa's just going to spread Christmas cheer. But instead, he goes into one of the rundown houses. And uh, No, it, it doesn't look like Tony's driving a cab. So Tony's just some random guy. That's that what I thought. Yeah, here. it doesn't. I don't think it's a cab. I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, and it is never the, the, like the first year he did this, like 32 years earlier. So if this is like 47, but this is a flashback. So it's like, well, actually it would be Christmas 46 and it's flashback to Christmas 45. And he's been doing right. it for 32 years. He's been doing right. it since like 1912. I guess. I Yeah, I guess you're right. It's a long time. Yeah. And so this guy, Tony's just been picking him up since nineteen. I guess he started in a horse and carriage. It, I guess so. They might've had like a. Some kind of Model T type Yeah, but this is a Smallville here, you know? Yeah, yeah. It took him a while. So anyway, we see the Santa Claus come in. Who is it? Let me give you – you can guess. Who do you think it is? It's Tony. It's Tony. (laughs) No, of course. It's Nick. They even kind of name drop. His name is Nicholas. Um, He comes home to his wife, Ellen. He gives her a present. He rips off the Santa Claus mask. It's really creepy. Nicholas Brown. It is. This – do none of the kids realize he's wearing like a stiff plastic mask? Yeah, yeah. It's or I wonder if it's like one of those rubber Nixon masks. He just oh, he just got a, a Richard Nixon mask and put a beard on it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> ah, they're kind of. He says to his wife, "There, you know, glad Christmas is over. He's he's sad that he's got to wait a whole another year for Christmas." But uh, his wife Ellen says, "No, we've got a lot to do." They actually build all the toys themselves. They save all their money in the following months, and uh, they build That's these toys. That's kind of crazy. That's kind of crazy if you think about it. I know. It is. And they're they're boiling glue. <laughs> Do you think that maybe he's uh, like wasting his time as a janitor and maybe should become a, like a toysman? Yeah, I know. I, I, he just does this for the love of toys and children. These days it would be questionable, but back then it was 
Just old, right, yeah. old, eccentric janitor Nick. But no one knows he's doing it. But uh, almost as, as Christmas. Nick, okay. Yep. I got it. Okay. So yeah. this is what I'm curious about. Now, Santa Claus. Right. Uh, prior to 1931, Santa Claus was depicted as everything from a tall, gaunt man to that's, a spooky-looking elf. That's true, yeah. The, the modern image of Santa was yeah. created more or less by like Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola advertising, yeah. In the 20s. So do you think, since he's been doing this since 1912, like yeah. the, like in the early years, he was wearing different costumes? No, I bet I bet that he came up with this, and a Coke yeah, uh-huh. executive, a future Coke executive, marketing exec, went mm-hmm. to school there and just ripped off his idea. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. That mysterious Santa. Santa wasn't even a thing. No. So, yeah, they're boiling glue. Of course, nothing good can come of boiling <laughs> boiling glue because well, uh, months you, go you by. Think, yeah. You think the glue is for the toys. It's actually for them to sniff. That's how they – yeah, they just toys. get real high. These toys turn out real psychedelic sometimes. <laughs> uh, as Christmas and years, fate strikes a cruel blow. Um, we see a fire breaks out in their workshop. Ellen says, uh, hurry the stove under the glue pot. <laughs> Set the house. I just love how they have a glue pot. But luckily for them, Clark Kent is walking by. He sees the fire in one of those old houses by the mill pond, he says. He he rips off his clothes, turns to Superboy, uh, goes to save him. I He could have – there's a lot of ways he could have gone about this, right? He yes. could have gotten the people out, probably used a super breath to blow the fire mm-hmm. out. Instead, he grabs a tree, rips it from the ground, right? Yes, they're near a pond. He swats the water, creating this giant wave. Mm-hmm. Then he busts in before the wave hits to save uh, Nick and Ellen. Ellen is trapped in- underneath the board. She's not in good shape. <laughs> and uh, Superboy says, uh, you know, don't worry. Everything's going to be fine. Just hop on my shoulders. Let's fly away. And and right before the wave crashes and destroys her house, uh, Nick just says, "Where where's that water coming from? <laughs> But, you know, (laughs) their house is going to be destroyed by a fire. Yeah. So instead he just destroys it by water, and probably that wave crashed onto other people's houses. Yeah, but he yeah, water damage. It doesn't matter. He doesn't care. Yeah. So their house is destroyed. We can see further in the next scene how questions about Superboy arise. (laughs) Yes, later at the the hospital, uh, we see the doctor who – he's holding – He's holding something. I think it might be a pin or a... A hypodermic needle. <laughs> it could be. He's just kind of pointing it at people. He says, uh, look, Mr. Brown, your wife's badly injured. Um, there's a hospital out west, handles cases like hers. You know, if only she could get there. And Superboy's just standing right behind him. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Brown, Nick Brown, says, you know, I can afford it. I've been saving money for something else. I don't know what he was for... saving money for. It was Christmas, wasn't it? Wasn't that... No, he built all the toys. Yeah, I, I, it's it's another glue. It's a bigger glue pot. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought it was like like some sort of like sex vacation to Amsterdam. It was. It was to uh, hedonism too. Him and Ellen <laughs> were going to go down. <laughs> oh God, they build their own toys too. By the way, so yeah. Well, yeah. and then uh, we get a real close up of the doctor. Says he's more than just a question of money. She needs immediate operation, and it takes time. To get her there. And Superboy now is like the size of a grown man in this guy's face. 
says I'll arrange your transportation. Like with a weird, uh, I very uncomfortable by the. Yeah, look it doesn't on his look face. like the normal drawing of Superboy. So someone <laughs> subbed in and drew for this Superboy. one panel. Yeah. Well, this is my thing about this. Okay. So Nick Brown's like, oh, I can afford it. You know, we've been saving up, but you know, yeah, I can, I, I can do it. Yep. We've seen in other issues in the past Superboy performing That's free a good medical point. examination. Surgery, not just examination. Experiment, full... experimental yes. surgeries that yes. no one's ever done before. Yes. After... Why can't he do this one? That's a good point. He's he's busy. He's it's it's probably a summer break at this point, right? I don't know. That's a good that's a good point. It's it's well established in the Adventure Comics universe that Superboy can and does perform experimental operations, as you said. Um, that's a good point. I I, I don't know. I think Why it's... Can he just say get the doctor on the phone. He can tell me it, and I'll do it. I'll just do it right here, no problem. Maybe yeah. they need like special equipment that he does. I although he could build the equipment, he could he, make it. It's very, it's established. He can build Get him pretty a much blue anything. Pot and he can do anything. <laughs> uh, but I think it's because he wanted to fly the ambulance there. Because in the next panel, we see Superboy just ripping through the sky, holding an ambulance with the uh, with everybody in it, including the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor was like, "Oh, you." You guys go ahead. Then he, when he saw that Superboy was gonna fly this ambulance, he wanted to ride. Yeah, he was like, "Oh wow, I can, I can go too." Let's do a free little free vacation for the doc. Right. Yeah. Uh, weeks pass by. Um, we see Clark Kent in the same turtleneck he was wearing the year before. That white he only has one winter outfit. That white turtleneck. He he's talking to old Nick Brown. He's, uh, he's asking Mrs. Brown's all right. He goes, "Yeah, she's fine." Um. He, you know, but he's Nick. Nick Brown's not looking good. You know, no. he's had to move. His house is destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> and he can't. He can't fix it. So he's had to move into a uh, a tiny room, and it looks bad. It's like like a crack house. It does. Like... It might be a crack. I think Nick Brown now, is addicted again, to heroin at this point. <laughs> right. Now again, though, right? He can't even afford to visit Ellen. Okay. Yeah. No. But again, again, we've seen in previous issues. Superboy can build a house. Yeah, he waits till like it's, it's nothing. Yeah. He, but he he loves to for dramatic purposes. He loves to <laughs> wait till it's like till they're at their low, you know, to get him back. Say, couldn't he've done this like immediately? Like, oh, Nick, I know, like you've gone through some tough times. Here, let me like, build hey, I I, I, I was partially like, responsible um, for all of the mildew mold and all the water damage. At least the fire wasn't that bad. It was only glue, you know. Uh, it and got the, out of hand like, real quick. <laughs> Christmas draws near, and Nick's like, I can't. <laughs> Nick, Christmas draws near, and yep. Nick can't visit them because he can't afford to get to the West Coast. Yeah. Why doesn't Superboy just fly him over there? It'll I take him like a half an hour. I know. I, I guess Nick he, Nick is too prideful to ask, I guess. And maybe Superboy doesn't know. Or maybe Superboy likes to toy with uh, his... Uh... His emotions. Superboy does know he's peeping on him. That's true. He's spying on him. He's peeping on him this whole. Because Nick, Nick's thinking to himself, "I can't play Santa to the youngsters. It'll be the first time in thirty-three years he's going to fail him." So he goes out to you know all the millionaires of Smallville. He says, "You know, I can ask him. Get some rich man to foot the bill." Family. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He said he wants to get a rich man to foot the bill and. it's it's for charity. It's for the kids. You know, maybe maybe a an old rich guy will do it. 
and, and it says by chance Clark, who already suspects Nick, witnesses the next move, but he's like hiding in the bushes using his X-ray. <laughs> it's not by chance. And why is he wearing earmuffs? He's not even wearing a jacket. He's Superboy. He doesn't need to wear earmuffs. I know. It's weird. I kind of like him though. They're very stylish. He's not wearing. He's not wearing gloves. No. He's not wearing a coat. Not wearing a hat. But he's wearing no an scarf. Ear. No. Yeah. It's, his his ears get cold. The super ears. Uh, so we we see Nick go to a, a rich guy, and Nick says, "You know, everybody's turned me down. All the other rich guys turn me down. This is for the kids." And how many rich guys do you think are in Smallville? Maybe one or two. I don't know. <laughs> so the other guy turned him down. At least one. Yeah. And uh, this old rich guy, this fat cat, says, "Yeah, of course they turned you down. Charity pays only when one gets credit for it. Why would you? Why Why would I waste my money on these anonymous donations? What?" Nick is enraged. He thinks, I, I don't know people could be so selfish. I didn't know people could be so selfish. And and they all have more money than they need. And at this point is when Superboy's like, I got to help him. Yeah. Uh, I'll get everybody to help because Superboy doesn't want to do it all himself, you know. So the next day, Superboy. Well, I like how one kid says, you could do this all by yourself. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and the kid's even like, hey, thanks for letting us help. Superboy recruits a bunch of kids. And he says, Nick can't suspect anything. We're going we're gonna to make his Christmas better. They get... Uh, the whole town involved. Now, do you think the guy that um didn't like um like morals? Oh, do right. You, do you think that guy helped? I think that guy's killed himself by now. <laughs> Penny a day keeps Napoleon day keeps the doctor away. Yeah. That guy's yeah. That guy's dead. That guy died. Yeah, he's... he could have been a he could have been a millionaire too, if you remember. Yeah, that was a, another tragic and I story. He, and I bet he would have helped. Yeah, I. Lo- yeah. And then it also says the mothers and fathers get in and do their bit. Uh, one of the fathers looks curiously like Adolf Hitler. I'll just say well, that. it is post-war. <laughs> um, and super- meanwhile, we see Superboy. He's taking the job of building the house, and like you said, it's no problem for him. He's just building it all together. Uh, it's looking good. The house is all decorated. Now he's got to go. But he just does like the cosmetics. St- I mean, yeah, it's like. It's still on sound. Right, it's like those renovation shows, right? Yeah. Where people's lives are ruined. Homes. <laughs> we buy ugly homes. <laughs> um, so Superboy, he goes all the way to the uh, Western Hospital. And the same doctor from Smallville is at the hospital mm-hmm. still for some reason. Or a do- maybe it's his twin brother. Ooh, it could be. Maybe this is some racket that those two have going on. <laughs> that could be it. That that's and Superboy's a part of it, and, and at this which point, is why Superboy didn't say he would do the surgery. Right, right. He gets some kickbacks at this. Superboy's uh, blue uh, costume, right, looks like yeah. it's made out of denim, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And I kind of just want to imagine that it is. So I think that's a printer problem, but I, I want to say it is. So she's still recovering, Ellen. Your Uncle Rick drew this episode. I know. This issue. <laughs> he, he really loves denim. Uh, so Ellen's still recovering, but Superboy's like, no, we got to get back to Smallville. So he just wraps her up and flies her there. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. And uh, so – and this is this is really sad. Uh, that evening in Nick's shabby room, he's kind of drinking there by himself. Superboy comes in. He's like, hey, um, you know, they're having a party. Do you want to be Santa? And, and they pay, uh, he'll pay a couple bucks. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's just like we know you're really down and out. And uh, Nick just is forced to put this ridiculous Santa Claus suit on, just humiliate himself. He even says, "I'm glad you you came because this would have been the loneliest night of my life." Oh God. Mm-hmm. 
And so they fly back. Superboy was like, what are you, what are you doing with that gun on your desk? <laughs> He's like, don't worry about it. Don't ask questions, Superboy. I won't need it tonight. Uh, so they fly to Nick's house. He's like, what, what's, what are we going on? This is my old neighborhood. They fly Nick, down the Nick chimney. Nick was going to try to go pick up like a transsexual prostitute on the street. Uh, so <laughs> Superboy flies into Nick's house, flies him down the chimney. Seems a little excessive, but everybody's there. Nick is like, what my house is, is all fixed up. Yeah, didn't he have noticed that when Superboy was flying? Or did he think that Superboy was doing one of his cruel tricks to that's, him? I flying? think that's what he thought. He goes, here we go. <laughs> here we go. But uh, no. Should have known it was coming. Everybody's there, and Nick's really surprised. And including Ellen. She comes out. It looks like her head's exploding. <laughs> the way it's drawn. Like scanners. Yeah, it looks like sp- her spidey sense is tingling. <laughs> uh so she's there everybody's there they're all really happy um and uh later at the party superboy shows back up again wearing that white turtleneck yeah uh or not superboy clark shows it up looks superboy like there's like stains on it though yeah it's gotten a little <laughs> little worse for wear and then uh we see nick and ellen it looks like they're making out on the on their but he's couch. Still wearing that santa claus it mask. Is. that's that's their that's their thing and super of course superboy and joe are watching it because they get that's how they get their kids. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, you know, it's it's even nice, even though the mystery of the Santa Claus is is gone. It's still nice. That's what Clark says. But Joe goes, yes, there's a greater mystery, the biggest mystery of them all, the Superboy. I would yeah. say that's not the biggest mystery. The greatest of them all. mystery of all. How do we stop Superboy? That's what he meant. Yeah. Now that so that it was a heartwarming tale. No yeah. one's lives were ruined. No. And, uh, yeah, Nick can, you know, he can keep doing the, I, the, the tradition of dressing up as Santa Claus and building toys. These days, kids, kids wouldn't appreciate that. No, because they were like, build me an iPhone. Build me a He-Man toy. He-Man, He-Man. <laughs> like the Ghostbusters yes. 2 reference. <laughs> Thank you. I'm what glad, I'm glad that, you got though, that, yeah. What I liked about that in Ghostbusters 2, though, by 1989, the He-Man stuff was kind of on its way out. I know, that's but that's like Dan Aykroyd doing the writing, right? <laughs> like, they should have said, like, turtles, turtles. I know, but the new... The but new... not for Ninja Turtles, just for turtles. And, you know, just... <laughs> the new uh, Ghostbusters movie is also... It's the, all the kids are going to want the He-Man toys. And in fact, the, Ghost, the new Ghostbusters line of toys... It's just the He-Man, He-Man toys. <laughs> Masters of the Universe figures. Yeah, well. I'd be did, okay with that. Did, I like yeah, that. I would be all right. Did Dan Aykroyd write, did, was he involved in the production of the new Ghostbusters? No, but that's probably for the best. I have no desire to see it. Just I'm not even like a big fan of the original Ghostbusters. I like the first one. That's okay. I, yeah. I saw the first one at a drive-in here in Austin recently, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They, we're doing like a Harold Ramis tribute. I guess it was about a year ago at this point. Yeah. Um. That's pretty cool. Drive I think in. the first. I think the first one's pretty funny. Yeah, but I think it's like a really poorly made movie. Yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of. It, it was meant to be like a. It's a comedy, obviously, right? Yeah, so, yeah. it's got all that in it. But yeah. uh, I think people take it more seriously than, than just a. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Ivan Reitman directed it, and I think he's a terrible director. What else has he directed? I thought yeah. Harold Ramis directed it. No, he just co-wrote it with Dan Aykroyd. Oh. Um. What else did Ivan Raymond direct? He, I know he directed Meatballs. That's funny, but not very good either. Um, I have to look that up because he didn't even think. Well, he directed Stripes. That has to be his best movie. Oh, okay. Which you know Harold Ramis wrote that movie as well. So let's see. Stripes, Ghostbusters, Legal Eagles. That sucks. Twins. That sucks. Ghostbusters 2. That sucks. Kindergarten Cop. That sucks. 
name's pretty good. Junior sucks. Father's Day sucks. I've never seen Seven Days or Seven Days Seven Six Days Seven Nights, but that's terrible. Evolution sucks. My super ex girlfriend's supposed to be awful. No strings attached with uh, Ashton Kutcher and um, that's Natalie his Herman. best best work. And then Draft Day, that Kevin Costner Cleveland Browns drafting movie <laughs> that came out. I haven't that seen show. that. But speaking of directing, this next Aquaman oh. story. Oh, before we get to the Aquaman stories, did you look? Um, want to be a champion dancer ad? No, I didn't see that, but I'm looking at it's it now. It's between the two. Okay, it's for Wheaties, and I guess you can clip your proof of purchase and send it in to get a uh, dancing booklet, how to be a dancer. And like they tell you, like some of the steps on the side, the magic step, the in a hurry, the personal lesson. But do you notice for only ten cents in one Wheaties box top, send coupon below or write Wheaties Library of Sports Department two two one Minneapolis Minnesota. Now, do you think? Wheaties still has the library of sports. I, I was just wondering. I, you could find out. You could do know, like a live. A, I, should a, I should get a job there. Man on the street. I, I want you to go. Not only do I live in Minnesota. There. Not only do I live in Minnesota. Right. I have a master's of library science. I am a librarian. That so. would be an awesome job. Yeah, <laughs> I could work. Library of sports. And the Wheaties library of sports. I would guess it's not there anymore, but I I don't know. I I hope it is. I don't even know. And I wonder if this book's still in it. Could and be. Oh, you need to go find it. You need to go. They've been waiting for uh, fifty years, sixty years, almost yeah. seventy years now. But yes, I, know. I should try to well it. The, the, this Aquaman story is, has been my favorite that we've. Oh read. my god, I agree. I agree. And uh, the fathoms in film on the splash page, we see uh, kind of a film film shoot going on, and there's a boat. There's a guy dressed as a mermaid. With a little kind of helmet on. There's a girl about to be pushed off the boat. And we see Aquaman swimming up. There's a weird stamp in the lower left-hand corner. Yeah, yeah. Greetings. Oh, that's like a Christmas stamp. It says greetings 1946. Yeah. That's kind of nice. Down below the billowy waves goes a movie company to film the story of Merman. Fictitious hero of the seas. But in that murky blue realm of Aquaman, real sovereign of the deep... Lurks the green-eyed monster of jealousy, Troublemaker Deluxe, in Phantoms in Film. Now, do you think when this guy, when the actor got the job to play Merman, he yep. told his dad, and he was like, I'm a merman! <laughs> a merman! I watched that recently, also. I, I saw that probably two weeks ago. Are you excited for the second one? The I don't I, You know, it's probably not going to be any good. I, I thought the first one was funny. It was stupid. I love the first one. It's, when's the last time you've seen it? It's been... Quite a while. It is very much like it, for me. It feels like what was really different in the like two thousands to mm-hmm. now. You know, because yeah. like the nineties have this really set. We can think of the nineties and think of yeah, like yeah. stuff there in the eighties and seventies. But the two thousands, I didn't really know. But this movie will lay it out for you. <laughs> the movie came out like in two thousand one because it came out like a week before September eleventh. Oh really? Oh, yeah. My God. I was wondering when it came out. Okay. Yeah, I think in um one of the 9-11 movies that came out, either World Trade Center or you... It had been World Trade Center. Uh, I guess... <laughs> I've never seen the World Trade Center, but I guess uh, in one of the shots, like, the airplane goes by, and there's, like, a billboard for Zooland. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a it's a good movie. I don't know. I like Zooland. I actually like Ben Stiller as a director. I haven't seen his most recent one. The, yeah. Uh, What's it called? I can't. The Secret War, uh, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Oh, I right. I didn't see that. Yeah, because that's like his 
more serious attempt at filming. But I love Tropic Thunder. I think Tropic Thunder yeah. is really good. Yeah. Did he, like play, did he play a merman in that one? In, the, in uh, Tropic Thunder? No, in Wa- Se- Wa- Secret Life. Secret Life of Walter. He probably did. Yeah. Uh, this is the best Aquaman story. It, it's it got everything. The story opens. Uh, we see a movie lot where the film Merman is the title of the film is being shot, and uh, one of those like Mar- Marvel Studio movies. Merman. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> it would be like that. We see the director yelling out stuff. Uh, the actor of Merman's kind of swimming around. He goes, "Do it as Aquaman would do it. You've got to be more like Aquaman." Merman. Do you think that's, do you think that's the most common? That is, he says that in set. all his movies, yeah. Not just it, like any, like like in Lincoln. Yeah, Spielberg was like Danny Daly was, no, no, do it like Aquaman. Do How it as Aquaman though you were be Lincoln. <laughs> and uh, the director says Merman is supposed to symbolize Aquaman, which makes me wonder why they didn't just. Do you think they couldn't clear the rights to Aquaman? Yeah, it wasn't that Aquaman wouldn't sign off on Life Stories. They probably could get like um. Blackjack to sign off on it. <laughs> yeah, Blackjack co- was smart enough to copyright his yeah. name. Blackjack actually copyrighted his image and Aquaman's. Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the director says tomorrow we'll go to see for the final shoot, the final filming. Uh, Aquaman's going to help them uh, because the preview pr- proceeds are going to charity. He had to throw that in. Aquaman's not just getting paid. He's not some yeah he... movie Hollywood shill. What does he need money for? He lives in the ocean. Yeah, and. Uh, the director says, snap out of it, look alive, be more like Aquaman. And the- now, why didn't they just cast Aquaman? <laughs> He's a terrible actor. It's like when Kramer tried to play himself. <laughs> uh, like when <laughs> Larry David is George Costanza. Yeah, yeah. George is getting upset. Aquaman's getting upset. That's what he said. That's what Aquaman did. Uh, later in the dressing room, we see the actor just thinking to himself, do it like Aquaman, like Aquaman. I'm sick of hearing about Aquaman. I'm That's supposed verbatim. to be the That's hero. verbatim that was that... things that Sean Penn has said. <laughs> <laughs> when he's Sean... thinking Mystic River, he's sitting in his, Aquaman, do it like Aquaman. I'm sick of hearing about Aquaman. Sean Penn wrote a letter to Trey and Matt Parker that was just about them comparing him to Aquaman. He was so yeah. sick of it. Uh, he said, I'm supposed to be the hero, but that fish man is making me, like, some second-rate actor. I've I got to get rid of him. No, he's not. A, he doesn't understand uh, what Aquaman is. He's standing there in his underwear, too. <laughs> Which, uh, the next day on the ocean set, um, the director says, uh, it's got to be good. You know, we got to get this right. Running out of budget. Uh, he calls action, and a big... Scene takes place. These pirates are raiding a, a cargo ship. One of the pirates grabs the captain and says, uh, "You know, where's where's the Duke's daughter?" They find the Duke's daughter. They put her out on the plank. She's about to jump off. The director says, "Good, good, cut, cut it right there." Okay, Aquaman, you replace Merman in the next scene. Aquaman's just there all of a sudden now. He's been there all now, along. Now, why isn't he wearing like a merman suit if he's doing like merman stunts? What? Will people be able to tell the difference? I think people wanted – they wanted to see Aquaman. Oh, okay. They paid for the Aquaman. And uh, so we are now a good three, maybe four – like well over halfway through, I think. Yeah, yeah. And Aquaman has not said a line. <laughs> he hasn't said anything yet. <laughs> He's basically like a second actor or a second character in his own series at this yeah, point. Yeah, supporting character. Uh, so they lower a dummy down of the Duke's daughter into the water, and they have a dummy shark down there. And 
Aquaman's supposed to go down there and kind of like fight off the shark while Merman saves her. And Aquaman's just thinking to himself, uh, motion pictures are really strange. <laughs> That's what he thinks. <laughs> he called Hollywood Hollyweird. Yeah, he's like, yeah, it's all this Hollyweird stuff. And uh, Merman, the actor playing Merman, thinks, here's my chance to get rid of Aquaman. So they go down there. They're shooting the scene. It's turning out really well. Merman's down there saving uh, the Duke's daughter. Just then, the scent of humans l- lures a real shark near the set. Aqu- Aquaman says, go away, outlaw. There's no food for you here. And he- now, is this shark's name outlaw, or is he just, like, no, a derogatory thing? it is. It's Aquaman is full of was that, fishy slurs. That, that shark was wearing a hoodie? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Aquaman's last name? Zimmerman. Zimmerman, yep. So, <laughs> Aquaman... Aquaman, like, puts a shark in a headlock. Aquaman says, I'm standing my ground. Oh, my God. He puts a shark in a headlock and calls some friendly porpoises over. They chase the shark away. Just when Aquaman's distracted, though. Now, he said he's going to deputize these porpoises. I mean, does he really have the power to do that? I think he does. He's he's king of the seas. He can do whatever he wants, right? Yeah. Can't he just deputize everybody? And that's what he tries to do. But you got some outlaw sharks sometimes. You know, they're causing trouble. So while he's distracted with the fish... Um, the merman approaches and fires a special built pistol. It releases chloroform, knocking Aquaman out. He swims down with Aquaman into this radio room. I don't know what it's doing at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, I didn't get that. Either. It's even how labeled. Did, how, how did merman know it was there? I don't know. I don't know if he set it up or what, but he locks Aquaman inside, swims away. And I love this. He goes, now I'll go put on the old innocent act. And uh, up on the surface, they're like, hey, where's Aquaman? We can't find him. He goes, oh, I thought he was here. But, you know, I could play all of his parts. <laughs> that doesn't sound so innocent. No. And that also reminds me of Larry David wanting to play George. <laughs> I-, I could play George. I-, I could play Aquaman. Aquaman was based on me, Merman. <laughs> and uh, Aquaman, he kind of wakes up, and now he's just awkwardly standing. He's like, <laughs> did you notice this very awkward yeah. stand? He goes, my fish friends tell me Merman threw me in here. I wonder why. He Aquaman's so naive sometimes. He is. And he tries to get out. He's locked. But luckily for him, he was locked in an underground radio room. That still works somehow. But the power's out. The battery on the radio he doesn't work. He looks very dejected when he says that. I know. But just then, he sees one of his a friend, a fishy friend. It's an electric that eel. Quote, that quote, friend. Yeah, right. Yeah. He hooks it up. To the radio is able to. Uh, now, do you think that like that the eels yep. ashamed of himself or embarrassed or anything by the fact that Aquaman just hooked him up to this machine? Yeah, I don't think the seal the the eel wanted to do that for sure. Um, so uh, <laughs> Aquaman, he's got his television and everything running on eels, and he does. Pad. Yeah, yeah. He's like, never pay electric bills again. He's off the grid. On the eel grid. <laughs> so he sends a message, and up on the boat they see it. Aquaman's locked. They go find him. They they let him out of the radio room, and I love this. And uh, he swims right when he's free. He swims out. He goes, <laughs> thanks, boys. I hope I can do you a favor sometime. Right now, I want to see a man. That's a direct oh. quote. And they're not man enough for Aquaman. That's what he says. I'll do you a favor later. Oh, my God. But he needs a man. He's been locked up too long. And uh, as Aquaman swims out, we see Merman has, has got himself stuck in a giant clamp. This... <laughs> This, direct, this movie shoot is getting out of control. 
sharks are like, swimming. What would have happened had Aquaman not cut out? Who would have died? Her man died on set. And he's the he's the lead actor. That'd be like mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio when they're filming Titanic, getting eaten by a giant clam. Clam. <laughs> CG clam. Tom Hanks when they're making Philadelphia eaten by a giant clam. <laughs> so Aquaman lets him out, uh, frees him from the clam. Later aboard the ship, Merman turns over and New Leaf he says, Sorry, I I thought I could be a big shot. <laughs> and Aquaman just says, Isn't I'd... that how um, Billy Joel wrote the song Big Shot? Yeah, it's, a, this it's about this, yeah. Aquaman says, I'd say you learned it the, the easy way, not the hard way. After all, you're still alive. almost eaten by a clam. It's, that's the hard way from, as far as I'm concerned. And I thought, you know, okay, next panel, what, what happens? <laughs> Nothing. No. Nope. The Aquaman story just kind of stops. They do. They're, they're like, you know, that's good enough. Just end it. <laughs> that was my... It's like, oh, we only have like seven pages to fill, so... Yeah, uh... so you're, we're going to need you to just... Uh kind of move let's move on move on that yeah. that was a great story i love that i love the uh aquaman getting involved in some of that hollywood glamour that he loves so much he lo- yeah he does love glamour he loves hollywood he and always, uh he always yeah for hollywood. yeah he uh they're making an aquaman movie right Mm-hmm. and it's going to be based on this issue <laughs> i would love that that would be a good movie i would see it I would, oh, I, would too. I would I would definitely watch that. Uh that our final story, the Green Arrow, Crime Spins the Compass. This is the best Green Arrow story that <laughs> I I mean, at least the most exciting stuff happens that's interesting. We are introduced to uh the well, villain this, this Bullseye. Arrow, yeah. Yeah, well this Green Arrow story, it seems like it's um like structured off of a Batman story of this. It does, I was gonna say it feels very much like a Batman story. This could have been a Batman story. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, and the villain could have been the Joker. I mean, because the villain Bullseye. Yeah. Between him is just basically a low rent Joker. This is uh This feels like it could have been an episode of the 1960s Batman. Yeah, TV I was thinking show. the yeah. same thing. Yeah. Uh, when I was reading it, really feels like that. Um, I I looked it up. So Bullseye. Yeah. Not the. The Daredevil villain. No. But the Green Arrow villain, this isn't his first appearance. He appeared oh, okay. earlier in uh, September 1946, World's Finest. Okay. But he only has like five or six appearances. Okay. They have not brought him back. Although I think they should. He's kind of an interesting character. He's very much like the Joker. Bring him back on the Arrow TV show. Yeah, I, I would watch it. Uh, Yeah. So this is not the Will Smith bullseye, right? No. Is, it, is Will Smith playing Bullseye in? No. At some point? No, who's Dead he playing? Deadshot. Oh, Dead never mind. Shot. Okay. I'm getting my comic universes <laughs> mixed up. Too many comic now, movies. Now, do you see who, did you see who wrote this one? I, I did not. It was it Will Smith? I think it was. It was DJ Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> this, this does feel like an episode of The Fresh Prince. Kind of, yeah. Carlton. <laughs> Uncle Phil. <laughs> Speedy's Uncle Phil. Okay, so I'm looking up to see who wrote this one. Yeah. Script, GA Writer 1, question mark. Oh, my. It's the Riddler wrote it. Yeah. I still think it was DJ Jazzy Jeff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to believe. Bullseyes just don't understand. (laughs) The Green Arrow in Crime Spins the Compass seldom in the annals of crime will you come across one so daring as a man who calls himself the Bullseye. Hit me if you can is his challenge to the mighty Green Arrow and Speedy, inviting their arrows to strike his target-adorned figure. 
In this story, his amazing crime deals with stolen arrows and the baffling buffoon sends a fast pace, sets a fast pace as crime spins the compass. We see in the, like a carnival game in the splash panel with a, a compass with bullseye's face. And he kind of looks like a, a clown, a lot like the Joker, but with like that clown hat. I don't know how yeah, to describe that. Yeah, and he's got hat. blonde hair. Like a pointy, yeah, he's got blonde hair. And, uh, like a surfer dude. Yeah, he's got, I mean, he's like a more laid back, yeah. gun-toting Joker. And uh, Green Arrow and Speedy are trying to shoot him at this carnival game. I don't game. understand why his name's Bullseye, though. Because he wears a bullseye on his clown suit. And he, and his, and his, uh... Yeah, but, like, the Daredevil Bullseye, he's called Bullseye because he can hit a bullseye from anywhere, you know? But Bullseye he, is but the tar. You think he should be called, like, the target? Yeah, the, yeah, maybe. That, that would be good. I don't know, but that's... <laughs> this is his thing. Like, if you get a bullseye on him, you kill him. That's true. He, you don't want to get a bullseye on him, but... Well, he doesn't want you to. Yeah. Or maybe he does. He says, hit me if you can. He's got some death wish. Oh, maybe. We see uh, the opening panel, beware the bullseye, bold buffoon of crime, fantastic clown of crime. They couldn't figure out, like, what to call him yet, what his tagline well, they couldn't call him. The, they couldn't call him the clown prince of crime. Yeah. That's the bull. He's a buffoon. Yeah. <clears throat> we see, not long ago, the prince of pranks. Yeah, he's... <laughs> Boarded a southbound clipper. He's on an airplane. This kind of reminds me of the opening scene of Dark Knight Rises. Oh, it reminded me of DB Cooper. <laughs> uh, we see... Uh, but I think this is where Christopher Nolan got the idea, though, for yeah. uh, Dark yeah. Knight Rises. He wanted to call it the Green Arrow Rises. The Green Arrow Rises is a line in this issue. I don't know if you noticed that. But they, do, they do that, yeah. Um, so we see Bullseye. He's holding up this plane. He's hi- trying to hijack it. He he knows there's some gold bullion. So it's like Christopher aboard. Nolan made the Green Arrow movies. The first one would be called like The Green Arrow Begins. Yep. The and green. The second one. The second one would be called The Emerald Archer. Oh, The Green Knight. <laughs> <laughs> I like The Emerald Archer more. Yeah. Well, they actually call him. That yeah, they do. The, yeah. And then the last one would be called The The Emerald Archer Rises. Oh yeah, I like it. I would. Yeah, that that sounds great. We should write that. Let's let's write up a treatment and uh, send it along. So have you noticed, like, in these DC movies, it doesn't look like they're going to... You know how in the Marvel ones, how they call it, like, Iron Man, Iron Man 2? Right. Or, does it doesn't look like they're going to do that with the DC movies. So what would they call, like, the sequel to some of these? Uh, oh. Like, Aquaman. Would they call him, like, King of the Seas or something? Like, the second one would be called King of the Seas. I don't know. He's got a lot of nicknames. That we've gone That's through true, a lot yeah. of them. So th- th- there's, no, there's no shortage of those. Like, the Flash, is he? The first one would be called the Flash. The second one would be called the Fastest Man Alive. Or the Scarlet Speedster. Yeah, there's something like that. Something like that. But, so... Uh, the first Bullseye movie would be called Bullseye Begins. <laughs> and then it would be The Bold Buffoon of Evil. The Fantastic... The third cr- one, The Fantastic Clown of Crime. The fourth one, The Prince of Pranks. Yep. That, so he, so far, has three like nicknames. Four. We should count them as we go along. Yeah, okay. So they're holding up this plane, but Green Arrow and Speedy, they've been trailing the Bullseye. Uh, they emerge from the pilot's cabin, arrows drawn... And, you know, Bullseye's not afraid. He jumps out of the plane, and his uh, a silken costume opens to a parachute. He flies away. Um, it's like we- a flying squirrel. Yeah, he did. it looked pretty cool. Weeks pass without incident. Then the police get some curious calls. Uh, arrows are going missing all over town. Uh, an arrow from a museum compass... Uh, weather vane over a nightclub. Uh, arrows are just swiped left and right. They're going off of uh, 
one-way signs in the yeah, city. The town loves arrows. And they're yeah. all over the place, and they're all gone. And uh, Green or Roy Harper and uh, Oliver notice these. And uh, they say, this is getting crazier by the minute. They they suit up as Green Arrow and Speedy. They're swinging around town. They fly over a billboard called the Indian Toothpaste Billboard with this uh, Native American uh, with a bow and arrow. Its arrow is missing. And uh, Speedy says, you think Bullseye is behind the arrow mystery? I would say, I would say that's a pretty much a certainty yeah. at this point. But I'd like to see a Bullseye Blackjack team up. <laughs> That would be cool, yeah. Um, in a nearby jewelry store, we see uh, some guy questioning the jewelry store. They have this arrow. He said, it's not for sale. It's an ancient Roman relic. But uh, the guy steals it anyway. And the guy thinks to himself, this is the last haul. Now the fun begins. What a gag. Using stolen arrows to fool the green arrow. What's going on? Uh, later, green arrow and speedy come across a, a this guy just with a cart kind of standing on the side of the road. Selling a bunch of arrows, he says. Someone can't be, he can't do that. I mean, I mean, he bought these arrows from the guy for twenty dollars. Yep. You can't really make a whole lot of money just selling arrows out of a cart on the street, can you? I don't know. Is the Green Arrow and Speedy buy them, and they never say how much they bought them for. That's true. So, and you notice, been... like, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna spoiler alert. Bullseye's behind the crime. Oh, yep. Okay, yeah. But his crime really doesn't make sense in that they stole this ancient Roman relic arrow. Yeah. Wouldn't that be worth more than just about everything else they Because it wasn't even for sale. Yeah, you're yeah. right. This, again, that's what reminds me of a like a 60s Batman plot line right there, right? Yeah, and another of the arrows they stole was from a museum. Right. They could steal whatever from the museum. Yeah. If they can steal that arrow, you're right. Yeah. Doesn't well, no, make what I mean sense. is by, by stealing that arrow, I mean that, that, that arrow, arrow itself, museum, yeah. I would say that's a priceless relic as right. well. Right. You're right. I, I agree. It doesn't make sense. It, this is really reminiscent of the, the of 60s Batman. Batman yeah. So at the police headquarters, Green Arrow tells the police they found all these arrows from this guy. They don't think he he stole them, but, you know, he was just selling them. The police doesn't chief is look, like... Doesn't it look like yeah. Speedy has, like, a drum kit with It him? does. I don't know what's going on back there. Speedy's Maybe playing, he's the, playing drums. the drums. Yeah. Uh, the, the police chief says, now we got to get all these arrows back to their owners. Outside, uh, Green Arrow and Speedy are like, the crooks went to a lot of trouble. You know, they, you know, just to sell all of it to that guy for 20 bucks. What's going on? What do we do now? Green Arrow says, we'll stick close to those arrows and wait for developments. He, something's going to pop. And we'll be on hand for the fun. Green Arrow is excited about this. Yeah. Meanwhile, at a mountain retreat far out on the outskirts of town, <clears throat> we see Bullseye and his gang. Bullseye smoking a cigarette. Looks he's like Corella Deville. He's got a great place. It's really nice. Yeah, he's got all this stuff like a William Tell statue, a bunch of bullseyes everywhere. He says, those idiots will be surprised when the bullseye strikes. Oh, he's just talking himself up, talk, talking about how awesome he is. He says, they can hit other bullseyes, but not me. He's invulnerable. He's going to prove it tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. All the arrows they planted around town, they're exploding in the jewelry store. They go and steal the stuff. They planted bombs in all the arrows, gas in the arrows in the museum. They steal all the, the paintings. The one in the nightclub catches the nightclub on fire. They go in to steal all the, the stuff the people left behind. But just then, Green Arrow and Speedy jump out. 
they said they were waiting for them. I think they were at the nightclub. They were just hanging out at the nightclub. And, uh, they're a little sauced right now. Yeah, that, that's why they're a little fooled by the bullseye. He he says, come on, come and hit me. He holds up a bullseye red in his face, but it's just a mirror. They shatter it, and he throws it down, knocking out Speedy. <clears throat> and this is when it says, moments later, a stunned green arrow rises. <laughs> and uh, that, that happens in every story, though. Yeah. A this, villain throws something at either Speedy or green arrow and knocks him out. Speedy's knocked out at least once an issue, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so Green Arrow grabs Speedy. They he, he brings them to. They speed away in the uh, in their Arrow car. They're whipping around corners. The the one way signs are shooting out flames, <laughs> and they shoot it out of a, a, a police car, not a Green Arrow. They they speed around, not concerned about the no, car on the, fire. The dead police officers. They know. They jump up to that Indian toothpaste sign because Green Arrow knows it's a trap. He grabs the Arrow on it. Launches it at the getaway car for Bullseye. It explodes, but Bullseye's got another car. He's he's all got this planned out. He starts driving away out to the outskirts of town, and uh, Green Arrow and Speedy chase him. Uh, he says, "Come and hit me, you know, like hit me with an arrow." But they they shoot. He ducks out of the way, pulls a another Bullseye like a target in front of him. They hit it, and he jumps on this moving train, jumps on the top of it somehow, and escapes. <laughs> He hit it like a bullseye. He did. He's very good at that. And uh, and that's the end of the story. That's the end. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I kind of liked it because you know it, it's it's it was like the Empire Strikes Back of uh, yeah it was Green of story. the Green Arrow story. So that was it. Speedy was frozen in carbonite. Yep. <laughs> that's yeah. When Speedy was knocked out, it was like the Han Solo carbonite. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. When uh, and Green Arrow said "I love you" and Speedy was like "I know." <laughs> That was it. Adventure Comics number 113. Very festive. A very good issue, I thought. Yeah. Uh, any closing comments on this issue? I mean, it was like a Christmas present that keeps on. Giving. It was. It's going to keep on giving for a very long time. Just like Nicholas Brown. Mm-hmm. All right. Send us your email, steveandandy at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash steveandandy, all one word. And uh, go to iTunes. Leave us a review and tell your friends... All about all the fun we're having here, <laughs> talking about adventure comics. <laughs> all right, we we are having a lot of. Fun. I'm having fun, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, Aquaman is having fun. So, oh yeah, <laughs> he always has fun. He does. He loves it. All right, Andy. Yes, I will talk to you later. I will talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs>